invite you to take your Bibles and open to Exodus chapter 20. It's on page 54. One good thing about a sermon series to the Ten Commandments is that if you're using the Pew Bible for the foreseeable future, you're on page 54. Um, Exodus chapter 20, on page 54. And our, our sermon text and topic today um, could be difficult for lots of people for different reasons. And so as we're talking about our relationship with parents, mothers, and fathers and what that looks like, just know that I understand how complicated and messy it could be for each of us that finds ourselves in the sanctuary. And so as we're working through this passage and thinking about what it means, um, pray for your grace as well. And that, that every possible situation I know I won't cover or touch on, but I understand the complexities involved in, in all of this. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. says, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Tomorrow, does anybody know what significant world event is happening tomorrow? Anybody got anything on your calendar for tomorrow? There's a funeral, not for anybody from our church or perhaps that you know, but I'm pretty sure the Queen's funeral is tomorrow. Now, don't feel bad if you didn't get an invitation to come. Um, I did read uh, in the newspaper, well, the digital version of the newspaper, that dignitaries from all over the world have flown in for this occasion. Some 2,000 people maybe gathered there in the church. And I was joking with Mark before the first service that um, do I think any dignitaries from around the world might fly into Birmingham for my funeral? Or could we scare up a couple hundred people to you know, show up on that day? But it's interesting how sometimes we honor people not because we know them personally, but because of some office that they hold. And kind of with that office, there comes this sense of honor, and people act in a way that's consistent with the office that that person held. Would you guess that tomorrow there are going to be people at the funeral who did not know the queen? Probably not personally. Or there might be people that knew the queen really well and would show up and think, she ain't what y'all thought she was, Right? that I really knew who she was and all the ins and outs. And it's more complicated sometimes than you and I think with public perception. I think the same thing or a similar thing is at work, at work as we think about our relationships with our parents. That, that sometimes people hear about mothers and fathers and they think, man, those are awesome people. Like you got the best mom and dad ever. And maybe secretly you're saying, are we talking about the same person? <laughs> Do you know who it is that I live with? And it really is the case that, that in that relationship with mother and father, that usually it's this complicated mix between those two things, right? That there is this part of them that they're awesome and we love to honor them and it's easy, but we also know they're not perfect. Raise your hand if you are the perfect parent. Anybody? If your kids are here, just look at them and say, hey, I'm not perfect. 
Go ahead. Right? Some of you are not giving in. The Lord knows all things and searches our hearts, right? But in that relationship, God has, in his wisdom, set up for you and I to go through life in families. And he gives us a mother and he gives us a father. And so in this commandment, the first one that relates to how we deal with people other than God, which I find to be much harder than dealing with God. Like the first four, I'm like, all right, I get it. God's worthy of all my worship and praise. I should know him as he reveals himself to me in Scripture, not how I think of him to be. I should be careful to honor his name and not misuse it. Sabbath, I get it. I find my rest in him. But when we get to five, we turn ourselves outward to really fallible people who are often sinful, whose hearts are often at war within themselves. And we've got to love like people and live in relationship with people as imperfect as they are. And we start with our relationship with people that are most closest to us. And one of the things that's interesting about the relationship with our father and our mother, I think, is that we didn't get to choose it. You just got, how many of you ever told your kids, you get what you get, you don't picture what? Fit. There you go. Man, let's go with audience participation. I love it. Yeah. You get what you get and you don't pitch a fit. Like people have heard that. And it's easy to say that about like this is what we're having for dinner. Get what you get, you don't pitch a fit. But we know it's a little more difficult thing when like your spouse, if you're married, at least at one point you had some choice in that. Right? But with your parents, you got no choice. You were given the parents that God gave you with the good and the bad and the ugly all wrapped up in that. And here, the first, first commandment that deals with our relationship with others starts with our relationship with our mother and our father. Now, those of you who were excited about today, those of you who are like, my children are going to church today. There's one Sunday you're going to be in church. You're going to sit up front and listen carefully Honor your mother and your father. Initially, we come to this commandment and we think about who first? Mom and dad, but we think about the kids. And we're like, hey, you need to hear this. You need to honor me as your mother or your father. But when you think about the Ten Commandments were originally given to whom? Probably not kids, probably adults. The initial recipients were probably adults who were then going to pass these commands on to their kids. And so the first group that we start with today as we think about applying this passage is those of us who are adults who have parents who are living in our lives now. And as I said at the beginning of the sermon, that our relationship with those people, mother and father that God's put in our life, is usually somewhat complicated. They're fallen people. We're fallen people. Sin is involved in the relationship that we have. And so from time to time, it can be this difficult relationship. And it's in those moments, even when it's hard, that God calls us to lean into commandments like honoring your mother and father, that I think really God's grace and mercy in Christ shines brightest for us. I do a lot of... Uh, 
premarital counseling, and I've mentioned it to you several times in sermons. And one of the things that's interesting is this question I ask young couples. I say, what did your parents do well? And what do you wish your parents had done differently? And I ask that somewhat self-serving. You know, I've got my paper and pen out, and I'm like, all right. I picture Webb and Eleanor first in premarital counseling. What are they going to say about me? You know, like, you know, my dad was a real jerk when it came to sports or something. And so I'm like wondering, what is it that I'm going to fall short on? But in some respects, I think it's an unfair question. Because if you're here and you're here with your parents, as I told them to tell you a minute ago, like they are not perfect people. That they are people who are sinners who fall short of God's glory. And I think for us to engage our mother and father with some expectation that they're going to be perfect every step along the way is really this weight that they cannot bear. And there are going to be moments, and here's the first, I think, application of the passage, that, that those of us who have, who are middle-aged adults like me, that we're moving more and more into this season of life where our parents, where their health is going to start failing them, correct? And God puts us in families such that our parents take care of us for a long time, and they're the ones who are smarter, and they're the ones who are stronger. Are my kids listening? Smarter, right? And they provide for us for a season, but then at one point it switches, doesn't it? And they hit some point where they kind of start going downhill. And then our roles are reversed and it becomes our job to then step in and care for our parents in a way that they once cared for us. And you don't get to choose what the situation is that your parents walk through. That you're united in this relationship with mother and father. And some of you even now are walking through that season where your parents' health is declining in some ways and you are the person who's now called to be the caregiver in that role. And if, if that's you, I just want you to hear this morning that that is one of the most Christ-like things that you can do in this season of your life. Because it's not always going to be convenient. It's not always going to be easy. In fact, after the first service, I was talking to some people about the passage and the sermon, and they were like, man, you were 100% right. This is a hard season of life that sometimes you walk through. And sometimes, here's the thing, they're going to act in ways where they don't, quote-unquote, deserve what you're doing for them. Right? Where it's just difficult and hard. And sometimes you're going to love and serve them not because they're worthy of it, but because they're your mother and your father. That they hold that title and that position in your life. And sometimes you're just loving and serving because, because they're your mother and your father. And it's the right and good and godly thing to do. So if you're in that season, just know if there's ways that we can be coming alongside you or supporting you or praying for you in that, that that's something that we honor and hold up and we think that that is one of the ways that Christ shines most brightly in and through you during this season as you care for your mother and your father. And I hope my kids are awake during this portion of the sermon. One day it'll be your turn.
take care of me. She's not even looking up. Yeah, it'll be your turn. Take care of me. And it's an honorable, godly thing to do. And in some ways, it's easy for us to show up and honor somebody like a queen that we didn't know. It's kind of easy to do that. And I think God gives us this commandment to honor your mother and father because there are going to be times in our lives when we're going to have to have that commandment to bind us to that truth. C.S. Lewis talks about this in marriage. Those of you who are married or who are contemplating it, remember in a wedding ceremony, everybody's going to walk up front down here and they're going to stand before God and everybody and they're going to be like, hey, we're going to be married till we die. And there's a part of that that's like really beautiful and meaningful and kind of cute in a way. But you're like, hey, you're doing this because some point along the way it's going to be hard. And you're going to need to remember that, hey, we're promising to do this forever, right? We, we made a commitment, covenant. In some ways, that's the way with your family. That your mom and your dad, in the moments where you don't feel like it, in the moments where it's hard or difficult, this commandment reminds us of this important relationship we have with these other human beings. That even in the moments when it's hard, we lean into it because it's the Christ-like thing to do. So that's the first audience. The second audience is maybe perhaps the same. You have children, and I want you to think about your relationship with your kids. And here's the thing. Them honoring you is not a, um, a blank check for you to live however you want to live and act however you want to act and be like, hey, I'm your dad. You should honor and obey me. But really, the Ten Commandments are given when you read in Deuteronomy, they're in chapter 5, and following, there's this great emphasis on parents teaching their kids to know and walk in the ways of the Lord. That parents, here's the thing that I want you to hear as you think about engaging with your children, is that the number one challenge or mission that God's given you in the lives of your kids is to help them know and walk in the ways of the Lord. If there's all these different things that you could pursue and all these different wonderful things that they're going to be about and do, but really your top number one priority is to help them grow up in the admonition and know the Lord and live their life for Him. Because here's the thing, church can only do so much that we come alongside you and we support you in that task to help them know and live for the Lord. But just think about on a good week, Let's say a good week. How long are your kids at church? Bad week? None. <laughs> you know, like mediocre week, an hour. Good week, three hours maybe. Um, how long are they with you? Longer. Those of you with teenagers are like, well, not as long as they used to be, right? It's true, like that window kind of goes down and one day they're gone. But one of the things that's important for us to remember is that really ultimately that top thing that God's given us to do in their lives is to help them know and understand the grace that God's extended them in Christ and shepherd them toward living for him. And part of that, parents, is just sometimes admitting when you're wrong. Parents, feel, I mean, kids, feel free to look at your parents. Right? Like, like, sometimes you don't get it right. Sometimes you don't always live into this high calling that God's given you to be an honorable parent that your kids would then find it easy to honor throughout your life. 
And one of the best gifts that you can give to your children along the way is to, is to not live into some kind of like picture of who you are as a parent and that you've always got it figured out and that it's always kind of just neat and tidy. Kids, if you're listening, your parents sometimes have no idea what they're doing. Right? And oftentimes their hearts and their emotions get mixed and priorities to get out of line. But here's the thing. Don't hold your parents to some picture of perfection that they can never live into. That everybody who lives under the roof of your house is a sinner who's saved by grace, who needs the mercy that God's extended to us in Jesus Christ. And if we can, in our homes, lean into that for each other, like parents, if you can just understand that your kids aren't perfect, you weren't perfect when you were their age, you still have a lot of room for growth. Kids, if you can look to your parents and just say, hey, man, they're trying, right? Like they're probably trying their best to navigate life in increasing complexity to help you know and live for the Lord. And if each of us in those groups are just kind of giving each other the benefit of the doubt along the way, and maybe one day when you get to premarital counseling and some crazy pastor says, what did your parents do well? What do you wish they would have done better? That you can just be like, hey, my parents, they gave it a good shot. <laughs> they gave it all they could to try to be honorable and godly parents that helped me know the Lord. And they fell short of that standard so often. But I did too because I was a knucklehead. So I'm just grateful that they stuck with me through all of my stuff. But in a home marked by grace and compassion and kindness for each other, how much better it is as we give ourselves to living in relationship with each other. One other group that I want to talk about before we close is some of us perhaps do not have biological children. And we're going to keep going through life, and the same thing is going to happen to us as happens to everybody else. We're going to get old, and we're going to get more dependent. And we're going to need more people to come into our lives and walk with us through that. What's one of the ways that God in the scriptures talks about the church as a what? Family. Household of God. And one of the most beautiful expressions I can think of with us as a church family walking in relationship with each other is as there are people in our congregation and fellowship who don't have biological children, who continue to get older, guess whose opportunity and responsibility it is to honor them and take care of them? It's ours. It's ours as a household of faith to honor those who've come before us, who've laid a foundation. One of the things that's great about being the pastor of a church is I get to see more up close, all the people who have made church possible for us today, who at one point every Sunday sat in a pew just like you do, and they got older and they couldn't come any longer. But apart from their investments and kind of laying a foundation, that you and I wouldn't have an awesome church to be a part of. 
And so as they're continuing to age, one of our opportunities to show the love of Christ is to continue to walk alongside them in that. And as we do that, in those moments where we're walking alongside people, sometimes in their greatest season of need, to me it's when the gospel shines most brightly in our lives. Because you and I, according to the scriptures, had sinned against the Lord, and the Lord had every right to leave us in our mess. But rather than doing that, in the person of Christ, he came and took on flesh, becoming obedient even to the point of death on a cross so that you and I might have salvation. And so as we get that and they understand that and our hearts are transformed, we move out into the world to be compassionate to other people in their times of need. I invite you to pray with me. Father, we pray that you would help us to, to live into this commandment of honoring mother and father that you would help us as parents to be honorable people not to be perfect people but that we would walk in the grace and the mercy that you've extended to us in Jesus Christ and you would help us to focus on those parts of our children's lives that are most important to you that they would understand what it means to have a relationship with you that you would walk that they would walk in a way that's consistent with your will so they might experience the abundant life that you would have them to know. And we pray for, for all the homes that are represented here and for those in our church family that aren't here today, Lord, that you would, by the power of your Spirit, make those homes places where grace and mercy and kindness are extended freely. That, that children would understand that their parents are only human they're doing the best that they can, that you would give them grace in that, and that, that parents would see their children, um, and they would extend them grace and mercy, and that the gospel would be on display in relationships between parents and their children. And we pray for those who even now are walking with parents who are aging, and their health is failing. We pray that you would sustain them by the power of your Spirit, that that the gospel and the fruits of the Spirit would be on display in their lives. And we pray for those from our congregation who, who maybe don't have biological family to walk alongside them, that you would help us to be faithful as their church family, and we would take that seriously so that you might be honored in who we are and all that we say and all that we do. We offer this prayer in Christ's name. Amen.